You're listening to Sales is King, episode 101. And today in the Sales is King spotlight is Tom Pasello, entrepreneur, author, evangelist, the ROI guy, an expert on value selling. Tom and I had a chance to sit down recently and we talked about the key challenges that are facing salespeople today as they go out and seek to sell more effectively to a more empowered buyer. In the Sales is King Spotlight, Tom Pasillo. everybody. Welcome back to Sales is King. We've got a very special guest in the Sales is King spotlight today. Tom Pasello, the ROI guy, author of the new book, Evolve Selling. Tom, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Dan. Very excited to have you here. I know we've been working on it for oh, two or three years now. So uh, very, very excited to have you. Um, so let's jump right into it. You are out there, I know, working with dozens of companies in a year. You've probably been to probably over 100 companies in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. What are the big issues that are bubbling to the top when we talk about sales and selling today? Yeah, there's been a really persistent issue that I see as still being tops out there. Um, Serious Decisions hit on this several years ago, and it remains one of the top issues. And that's The reason why sellers don't make their quota, and unfortunately almost 50% of reps don't make quota, is because they cannot articulate their differentiating value effectively. That means that when they're in those one-on-one meetings, when they're trying to convey what makes them different, they're showing up talking about their company, all the great logos they have, how quickly they're growing, all their offices, Mm -hmm. the locations, the people, they're talking about their products, their services, all the great features it has. But what they're not doing is connecting with the buyer on their challenges and then tying their solution to solving those challenges and delivering true business impact outcomes, business value. And so the ability to communicate and quantify value, I still think, even though you'd think we would have solved it after all these years, I still think that remains the number one sales challenge nowadays, is that you know every product kind of looks, feels, and acts the same. How do you communicate and quantify your differentiating value? Because that's ultimately what the buyers care about. Yeah, without a doubt. And uh, there was some additional research from Objective Management Group, I think, that said most salespeople are comfortable doing the discovery today. They can ask the questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think something like 80%, but it drops down to like 50-something percent of salespeople are actually good at tying the solution to the challenge. And then even worse, only 12% are able to uh, create a sense of urgency. So uh, all the more reason, right, why value is so important today. Exactly. And when buyers are surveyed in terms of how important value is to them, 
you know, every purchase now can mean that buyer's job within the organization. Uh, in fact, I know a, a friend of mine, uh, his CIO was recently let go because he was making the wrong purchase choice, according to the CEO. The CEO said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. The CIO was trying to do a digital transformation. And not only did the project get canceled, which all too many uh, buyers are involved in canceled buying projects, mm. but that CIO lost their job over it. 95% of every purchase that's of any significance within an organization, we're not talking about these little credit card purchases, you know, put it on mm -hmm. your credit card, buy one, but the enterprise kind of purchase, 95% require financial justification. But here's a big important point, and these numbers have been out there for a little bit. Two-thirds of the buyers don't know how to put that business case together. So mm. what that means is that your deal is getting stalled, whether you know it or not. And it'll either get shot down because there's not enough justification for it. It's not tied to a big enough challenge. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You got to have something that's broken that it's tied to. And then if it doesn't have the numbers and metrics so that it can compete with all the other priorities that the company has to allocate their budget and precious resources to, you're going to get shot down or stalled. And think about it. If the buyers don't know how, they don't have the tools, they don't have the metrics, they don't have the models, they don't have the knowledge to put together that business case, what's going to happen? Either it doesn't get done and the project gets stalled or shot down, or the buyer has to struggle for quite a while, months, certainly weeks, if not months, to pull together that business case on their own. And we mm. find that most of the time, sellers are not able to deliver that proper value communication and quantification. Yet 81% of the buyers, they expect the vendor to do that. We're finding that probably 5 to 10% is more the norm in terms of sellers that are actually delivering mm. those business cases. So even though it's the, the biggest issue, even though it's absolutely required by the buyers, there's definitely a seller shortfall in being able to deliver this. And you know, my name for that is the value gap. Mm. There's a gap between the seller providing and the buyer expectations around outcomes and business value. You know, it's funny, uh, we've been hearing this now for a good, right, four or five years. Mm -hmm. At uh, least. Right? And why do you think there's still that shortfall? And why do you think that companies are still throwing salespeople out there that are doing it, you know, the way they grew up, focusing on themselves and not selling value? What's, what's missing here? Yeah, you know, we see a lot of training about the prod products, the solutions, about the company, being able to do the talk track. There's definitely been an investment in challenger sale and, and uh, medic mm -hmm. and some other mm. more challenge focused and challenge discovery focused kind of solutions. So some of the metrics you spoke about, we definitely see this shift where the buyers are definitely able to now hopefully pivot from just being product pitchers to now being able to articulate the challenges that can be solved. But we're still not seeing this complete shift over to value and outcomes that ultimately needs to occur. And what we find is that they're reverting back to what's comfortable. Mm. And what's comfortable to them is what they, they're trained on, what they know and love. So it's all too common for a seller to go in and pitch and present a traditional way. It's all too common for a seller to go in, ask a couple of cursory discovery questions, and then what do they do? 
dive right into a demo, right? <laughs> and so the whole business value part of the process of discovering where the customer is broken, where they're, what the high cost of do nothing is, what the value of change is, is kind of this parallel path that almost has to occur as they're evaluating the solution, also evaluating the business impacts and the outcomes. And we find that that's not occurring. There are a lot though of organizations that we work with where it is occurring and we do see improvements. Mm -hmm. Almost every organization, Dan, that I know you and I have visited together and mm -hmm. many more that, that I've seen independently, you've seen independently, have started to create these value groups, value engineering, value mm -hmm. consulting groups. And that's something that we hadn't seen um, maybe eight years ago, 10 years ago. Um, these groups are now prevalent within organizations, and sometimes it's one or two people, smaller organizations, sometimes just a sole uh, person building it. In other organizations, you know, they're growing to 10, 15, 20 people, and that's great. We see that that is a company commitment to focusing on value. What we see, though, with these groups is that often they've got spreadsheets. Those spreadsheets are developed by the value consultants. The value consultants are consultants themselves, McKinsey level, Anderson level, you know, very smart folks. But these models tend to be very complex. And because they're in spreadsheets, they're doubly and triply complex. And what happens is, is that the value engineers use these. They go out and see customers and they do four, five of these analyses with on the biggest deals every quarter, which is great. So now there's 20 customers per value engineer per year, 25, maybe 30 at the tops that we see that are actually getting business cases. The problem is, is that it's not just those top accounts that need the business cases. It's almost every account that the mm -hmm. company's selling to. So they're just scratching the surface on value. So the good news is value consultants are out there. They're doing these 20 or so engagements a year and being incredibly successful. I mean, we see win rates go from like 20, 30% where they're not engaged to 70, 80% when wow. they are engaged. So just incredible performance improvements by leveraging the value engineers. But the problem is how many of these folks can you mm. hire? They're pretty expensive, mm -hmm. they're rare. Mm. And now we see many organizations um, have requisitions for these folks outstanding for months and months and months because they just can't find anyone trained and capable of doing this. Hmm. So hmm. a better way, uh, and you know, this is a, a customer of ours uh, directly, Dan, you and I, is a company like Okta, hmm. where they set out and they had a value engineering group and that value engineering group created some spreadsheets, they had some research commissioned and they got everything going. And then they very quickly realized Oh, crap. You know, we, we can only do this on the biggest deals. How do we scale this program? How do we get this kind of value selling at scale? And uh, they worked with uh, with us to implement uh, value selling tools um, and Okta uh, value assessment, essentially, uh, an OVA as the first tool that, that we developed with them. And it, it made the value um, proposition, the communication and the quantification of that value really easy, it codified it, it provided a nice simple discovery of the buyer's size and the challenges they had. It very quickly quantified the value and did it in a non-spreadsheet type format with nice easy to use value mm -hmm. cards and graphics and told the value story, which is really important. So not just the quantification of value, but put it in the context of the buyer's business. And they were able to achieve incredible scale 
So now instead of doing 20 analyses per year for a value engineer, now they're doing 200 to 300 analyses every single month and supporting instead of um, having you know, a value engineer who's the only one capable of doing this, now 20 or 30 sellers mm. per value rep are able to go out there and do this. And now the value engineers are only called in on the most complex of deals to do a more uh, thorough and deep dive analysis. And it has uh, significant, it has contributed significantly to the growth that you've seen in Okta, which is one of uh, the, the market's darling companies in terms of a new cloud company that's experienced absolutely tremendous growth. We know that a lot of that growth is tied to their focus on value and their ability to scale this program beyond just the value consultants. Yeah, it's tremendous. And we also had a similar story years back with Splunk. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the tools themselves have been so instrumental in helping this sales transformation mm -hmm. because it's difficult, right? You have sellers that have been selling a certain way for their whole careers. And now they have to kind of unlearn and as you said before, they're, they're, they're doing what's comfortable, but with, with tools, with interactive tools that help guide them, um, that help them ask the questions and, you know, deliver the insights um, and do the storytelling, you know, and then deliver the financial justification. This has been really transformational in numerous organizations. Yeah, so and you can't do it with just a spreadsheet unfortunately it just won't work even as you try to dress up that spreadsheet as much as possible it's still seen as a complex spreadsheet to the sales organization you've got to make it so attractive almost like a little gamified application for them ultimately to adopt it mm. and you can't mm. do this just by hiring value engineers alone we've seen a couple of companies go down that route and you know they a lot of times you need to do it first because you need to get that field experience on what the value proposition is but very quickly you realize that there just are not enough good people out there uh, that can be hired and um, cost effectively kept and retained um, to be able to grow the program to any scale needed to really move the needle. Yeah, there really, it seems like there really has to be a commitment to value and value selling at the higher yeah. end of the organization. Are there any roles that you see in the future maybe that don't exist now that uh, can help even scale this even more? Yeah, I think that the, um, there's definitely a sales enablement or a value engineering role that focuses almost exclusively on the tool part of the business. How mm. do you scale this mm. and how do you train people on the tool as opposed to it being a part-time job for one of the field mm. value consultants. A lot of organizations when we work with them um, we see that the value consultants we're working with are you know, they, they've got a lot of field demands, they've got a lot of customer requests coming in, and there's no one really dedicated to the tools. Mm. Uh, we find the better organizations actually carve out a person and dedicate them to building the tools, not just being a, not just it being a part-time job mm. location that they have, because they already have too much workload and too much commitment. Absolutely. So, and um, yeah. Jan, there's another great example and of a company that committed from the top down to value. And that's another one of our customers, Coupa. Uh, mm. And, uh, you know, their CEO wrote a book on value mm. and that Coupa is a value company. They are on the procure to pay part of the uh, business process and they enable, um, you know, accounts 
uh, payable to, to um, you know, they basically accounts receive, I'm sorry, uh, procurement folks to be able mm -hmm. to buy solutions uh, for the organization and the procurement uh, arm of that organization to streamline it, all the contracts management, all the supplier management, all of that kind of part of the process. And they committed to value really early from the top down. One of the uh, really good ways we got the program going with them at Coupa is uh, we've got this capability where you can upload um, profiles of companies that you want to target into the system. It's called campaign mode. And when you upload, mm -hmm. you can upload 100, 200, 300 profiles of a company, the name of the company, the industry, the location of it, and the size, how many employees, how much revenue they have. And the tool literally will produce 100, 200, 300 reports automatically overnight out of the system. That's then distributed mm -hmm. to the sales reps and then the sales reps use that as a door opener, this pro forma business case as a door opener with customers. So a great way to kind of not just use the business case to close the deal, but actually using the business case as the door opener and right from mm. the beginning, engage with value instead of engaging with product. That's powerful. Uh, it really is. So let's talk a little bit, we're gonna get into your book in a second, but um, I know that we've got, uh, and you leverage a value messaging framework as kind mm -hmm. of the core um, of each and every one of these uh, engagements. I'd love to tell the audience a little bit about that methodology yeah. that serves as the foundation. Yeah, it's called the close methodology and it's a storytelling methodology. And why it's so important is that whenever you're there to deliver to communicate value and a quantified value. You know, the customer is ultimately knowing that you're there to sell something. So how do we get it to be more mm. credible? How do we get it to break through all of the noise that's out there? And how do we get it to be um, something that's seen as uh, something they can act upon? So it motivates them, it's seen mm. as credible, it's seen as truthful, and it's seen as trustworthy. So we set out to understand the components that are gonna be needed to do that. And what we found was that, you know, after years, and I had done this for probably the past almost 25 years, starting back with my first company and a company oh. I sold to Gartner Group. So I've got a long legacy of putting together these very comprehensive and credible from a number standpoint, business cases, financial justification. We found that with today's buyer, the numbers aren't enough. The first thing we found is that there's so much noise out there. You've got to break through that noise. We now have the attention span of eight seconds down from about 15 seconds just a few years ago. That's less attention span than a darn goldfish. So the first thing you have to do is you have to be able to break through. You have to be able to get their attention and you do that with emotion. And so part of the methodology, part of the close methodology is we got to connect with buyers in a very visual way We've got to break through the noise and we have to connect with them on their challenge and their loss and amplify that. It's all about fear and being able to effectively concentrate on and communicate and illuminate and amplify mm. the fear within that prospect so that they know they're moving away from a pain. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You've got to be able to make sure that they know they're broken. And mm. that's something that has to be part of this 
value communication and quantification, and that's the C and the L part of the closed methodology. And it goes back to stimulating the reptilian brain, the earliest part of our brain, the fight or flight response to our brain. Very visual, works on contrast. There's a lot of characteristics of that part of the brain that you could use as a lever to trigger it. And that goes back to something we found that Aristotle talked about in winning arguments and persuading people was pathos. Then there's logos. There's the financial justification, the logic, the cost, the benefits, those kind of things, and crunching the numbers. And that's the, the logic that, that stimulates the neocortex, the newer part of the brain. Uh, and that's what Aristotle called uh, logos. And that's the opportunity and the solution part of the closed methodology. And then finally, there's trust. How do you build trust? How do you make sure that when that buyer is making a decision, they've got a warm feeling in their belly. And that warm feeling in the belly comes from that part of your anatomy being actually connected to your brain. There's a gut and brain conduit. And it, that connects to essentially the middle part of the brain, uh, which Aristotle referred to uh, stimulating that part of the brain as ethos. It's building trust. And you build that credibility by having third-party metrics in the tool, having the tool developed by a third party, and then most importantly, pointing to success stories so that the buyer can see themselves having the same success. They're the hero of the story. They see other people that have had happily ever afters and they want that happily ever after. And that's what Close is all about. And what Close does is it creates this messaging, this storyteller's arc that you use to not just quantify the value, but communicate it effectively as mm. part of a value story. Excellent. Very, very powerful. So tell us a little bit about the new book, Evolved Selling. I know that there's um, a lot more detail on the Close methodology, but why did you write this uh, book, Tom? And what uh, was kind of the motivation to do so? Yeah, Evolved Selling is a continuation of the labor of love I have for finding out the best ways to communicate and quantify value. <laughs> uh, it's really been the, the dedication of uh, most of my adult life. And um, the Evolved Selling book uh, really expands on the methodology that we created to cover the full gamut of what a seller needs and what a marketer needs to be more effective to communicate and quantify value to a changed buyer. Mm -hmm. So first of all, we've got the book. I'm a, a researcher at heart. I'm an analyst at heart. We looked for the best research out there and the best research analysts to collaborate with to really find out what makes today's buyer tick, what makes them different, and how they're different, and exactly how you need to change the way that you approach them, how you engaged with them in the last mile in that moment of truth, and then how you effectively communicate and quantify value. So for the book, I got to interview some amazing people. Brent Adamson, the creator mm -hmm. of The Challenger, He's included in there. And um, my whole section with him reveals the secrets behind another Greek methodology, which is uh, from Socrates called Socratic questioning. We talked about the importance of discovery. Well, Brent and I vamped for quite a while on, on uh, Socratic questioning. Uh, we've got uh, other analysts in there as well, uh, Tamara Shank. Hmm. and others, um, uh, other leaders in sales enablement in other areas. Uh, Scott Santucci is in there. 
Uh, we've got just a number of different leaders and pundits and analysts that we're able to interview and contribute to the book and really share their best practices on how to best overcome this value gap and close that gap mm. by being able to communicate and quantify value. And then it lays out a roadmap. We call it the evolved selling journey of exactly what people, process, and technology changes you need to make step-by-step step to evolve your selling from traditional, which is show up and throw up with PowerPoints, mm -hmm. to enabled, which is your sellers are trained, they, they know where to find the right content, maybe they're leveraging challenger or discovery-based methodology to ultimately evolved. How do they communicate and quantify mm -hmm. value effectively? How do they uh, access the right information and pivot to it during presentations? How do they make their presentations and engagements interactive? And then how do you leverage AI and machine learning uh, hmm. to drive um, the uh, better selling effectiveness and improved customer engagements? And so it's got worksheets, it's got um, roadmaps and practical how-to guides on how to take that next best step to taking your organization to that next level. Awesome. And where can uh, folks find the book? Yeah, it is a book that's full color, loaded with 200 mm -hmm. illustrations. So uh, we're selling a print copy on Amazon. And then here within uh, a week or so, uh, by the time your uh, listeners are listening to this podcast, it will also be an audiobook form on Audible. So look out for that launch oh, I here love within that. the next week or two. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, except the print copy, though, those illustrations, a little bit yeah. hard sometimes to convey in, in Audible. But I think, you know, I've listened back to the book and uh, I got to uh, participate with another great narrator on it. And uh, I am reading it. Um, so a little bit of my Brooklyn accent comes out every once in a while in there. But, uh, but um, anyway, it's, uh, it, it really does convey uh, a lot in the, uh, in the Audible version. Uh, and then the print mm. version, though, with the 200 pictures and illustrations and worksheets and charts and graphs, I think is, is the way to, to go. So Amazon.com. Fantastic. Excellent. Tom, thanks so much. So how, for our followers, how can they uh, find you on social or what's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, Tom Pacello or T. Pacello are my social handles. And uh, look out for the ROI Guy blog as well at blog.alinean.com. Excellent. Well, this was great, Tom. Thanks so much for coming. I know it took us a while to uh, get you here, but it was well worth it. Appreciate uh, you giving us some great information today, and we'll look forward to having you back. At Thank some you, point and appreciate soon. all your best practices that you share with the community. Absolutely outstanding. Great. Thanks, Tom. Talk soon.